This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hey, it's Carm Capriato, Remarkable Results Radio. How are you? Good to have you here. I'm with, oh, it's just a lovely lady, Danielle Villa. <laughs> Hi, Danielle. Hi, Carm. How are you? I am great, thanks. And you? Awesome. I'm amazing, thank you. Oh, God. You know, I heard the story. You were going to see us all at uh, at Apex, but you got the COVID, huh? I did, yeah. It was... I, I was very disappointed. I, I didn't even think about it. Now it's so kind of like in the rear view mirror for so many of us that I hadn't, it didn't dawn on me until Sean said, you know, did you take a COVID test? And I thought, oh, well, I guess I should do that. I was just going to not come in on Monday and take, and it popped immediately. And I was like, well, I guess I'm going to be having a little bit of an unplanned vacation. So I was really disappointed. But Darn, darn COVID. Well, anyway, Red Rock Repair, Las Vegas, Nevada, off-road, automobiles, diesel, you do it all, huh? We do. The off-road part is, um, it's very much kind of a, uh, on an as case-by-case basis. Um, we do it more for our customers that are looking for it because we charge our full labor rate. There's no discounting on that. And it's significantly more expensive than having like um, one of the, you know, four-wheel drive companies that, you know, that's all they do, do the installation. So, you know, we'll source out parts, we'll build it, we'll put it on, but we're pretty particular about what we take on and, and, you know, I'm not willing to undercut my guys and our labor rate for that because, you know, the ASE certified master technician is installing it. It's not somebody with a couple of years experience that's slapping on a lift kit. So makes all kind of sense to me. Has Las Vegas recovered from Formula One? <sighs> oh, yeah. It was a really weird experience for everybody. Fortunately, I don't really have to go down to the strip very much, but everybody that I know that did, it was so disruptive to our lives. And, you know, the first year was not the big bang that they expected it to be. So everybody's pretty curious about whether or not they're actually going to make it into what they're hoping it will be here. So, you know, next year I think will be the real litmus test, but it was, there was some glitches with it for sure that most people saw, you know, on the very first testing run day. What do you mean by the, you know, it wasn't the biggest bang. I mean, was it, you're talking about number of people that came? I think more than anything, they had a much higher expectation in sales. We have, you know, friends that obviously work in the hospitality industry. I had lots of friends who were coming in from out of town for it, who their tickets were comped, their rooms were comped. And these, you know, when they first announced it, they were selling packages for the weekend for a million dollars for two tickets. And then they were giving the tickets away. So I don't think that, I think that they priced everybody so far out that they had to do some scrambling to fill the seats after a while. Yeah, well, we were there for for Apex, you know, and seeing all the infrastructure being built, uh, you know, just being driven around and saying, oh, there's some stands and there's a there's a dead man's curve or whatever. And And we were hearing such strange costs being formulated back then. And, and to your point, I mean, I don't think the average average anyone could have afforded it, but the four Formula One's a rich man's race, isn't it? It is. It absolutely is. And I think it's the kind of thing where you know the average person enjoys it on television and you want to see it. And you know, a lot of my friends that did go. <laughs> They said that they don't know that they would go back again because it's literally, it's, you know, when you're watching NASCAR, you get to watch the entire track. But when you're watching Formula One, it's these, you know, millisecond blips of something that screams by you and then you're watching it on the screen anyway. So, um, you know, getting people in and out was really challenging. Um, the, the cost, I mean, they came back kind of in the middle of construction and tried to hit the city of Las Vegas for half of the road construction bill and the city just told them no we're not doing that so it was it was a very interesting experience for sure especially being on a you know spectator that's one of the things that i was thinking about while i was there we were traveling around we were getting some ubers and i was saying 
What the hell is all this costing? An enormous amount. Remember, if you're in your living in the service aftermarket, then Apex is the expo for you. Continue listening and we'll bring you the latest from Apex 2024. Save the date, November 5th through the 7th, 2024. Hey, did you know that Napa Tracks has on-site training plus six days a week support? It all starts when a local representative meets with you to learn about your business and how you run it. After all, it's your shop, so it's your choice. Let us prove to you that Tracks is the single best shop management system in the business. Find Napa Tracks on the web at napatracs.com. Listen, 18 months ago, you were on with us. We were in San Diego uh, together, and we did a great episode. And one of the things that you had mentioned, I'll never forget this. I'm a mediocre hairdresser, (laughs) but I'm really great with people. And it goes back to what I know about John DeJulius. He's a great speaker. He's been at a lot of... I've interviewed him twice. He doesn't live far from me. He lives in Cleveland. And one of the things that he said was so cool. He says, he had a sign on his, on his uh, hairdresser's salon. It says, we fix 1995 haircuts. <laughs> they were a top end shop, right? Top end. Yes. They yes. hired just, just the best people. I'm not saying that we would say we fixed 1995 oil changes, but in, in, there's some kind of reference on... Listen, I'm going to go down for the 1995 oil change. Do you value your car as much as you value your fill-in-the-blank eyesight, you know, and all that stuff? How are you guys selling your premium work at the counter? It's something that Darren Barney really help teach us um, how to communicate that. And it's a matter of building value into the service you provide. And for anybody that's, you know, never heard our story, we bought a shop five years ago and we bought it in this small little complex in Las Vegas that's in a very affluent area, but it's literally an auto care plaza. It's a small shopping center and there are four independent shops and then three franchise type shops. And we're literally share buildings with each of these shops. So the competition to a certain extent is fierce and it becomes how do we set ourselves apart from everybody? What we learned pretty quickly was really and truly it's the service. It is all about customer service. And in one of the conferences that I went to with Elite, Bob Cooper had told us there was a study of, you know, the most anxiety inducing consumer experiences and automotive repair was in, I think, the top three. I mean, truly, when you really stop and consider from a customer's standpoint, why is this such a a terrifying experience for some of them? Number one, because it might cost thousands of dollars and walking in, you have no way to know whether or not, number one, the shop is being honest. Number two, are they correct? And number three, are they charging you too much? And that's where you know, the service advisor, the experience at the front counter, um, in the office rather than the counter, I don't really like the idea of a counter, really has to step up and they need to make the customer understand why services cost what they do. And you don't really want to get into price because at the end of the day, what do customers really want? They want to know that when they come pick up their car, it's going to be fixed. They're not going to have problems with it anymore. And there's not going to be grease stains all over it. When they drive away, that check engine light is gone. That sound is gone. That's really what they care about. And of course, money is important. It's important to everybody. But again, it goes back to how do you set yourself apart from your neighbor? It's going to a great restaurant that has a $75 steak. It's this thing that you don't normally do all the time, but you go in. If it takes an hour and a half to get it and it's cold, what happens? 
Yes. And why did that happen? And at the end, of, you know, the customers don't care why it happened. They only care that it happened. And at that point, you know, it's really hard to rescue that experience. I mean, it is extremely difficult. No value in the money that I would have spent since those mistakes were made. I've said this on a few podcasts of late, and we're recording this late in the year 2023. I've been reading some articles looking at trending stuff going on in 2024, and CX keeps coming up, customer experience. People have heard me over and over again and says, Carm, shut up about the CXO, the chief experience officer, the client experience officer in the company, CXO. You know, go to your people and says, listen, I need to hire a CXO. Does anyone want to fill the position? Well, what is that, boss? Well, that's the client experience officer. Well, I can't even believe we're going to have a position like that. We need another tech in the bays. You're 100% right, everyone. I need to put that CXO title, comma, on everyone's name. We are all, all in charge of the client experience. If you've got the trust, the price doesn't matter. Exactly. And if you're trying to build an experience of high value, it just hit me a couple of days ago. Do you have a Keurig, by the way? Yes. So here's the deal. Are the Walmart great value cups in there or are the Starbucks cups in there? Exactly. And do you have other options outside of that? Because what if your customer isn't a coffee drinker? And what if they bring their children in? Do you have hot cocoa? Do you have apple cider in there for them? Very small nuances that really, truly, most customers probably don't ever even see it or utilize it or take advantage of it. But in the event that they want to, it's there for them. I think you hit the nail on the head. Every single person in your business is responsible for the customer's experience. The technicians, obviously, in fixing the vehicle, but also making sure that they've wiped down any dirty handprints. If something dripped on a car, you clean that up. If you don't, we're going to catch it because in our shop, we have we do two QCs. Our technicians go out and drive the vehicle, which most shops do, but we have somebody else looking at it and driving it who didn't touch the vehicle, who isn't a technician, who is looking at those things to make sure that something didn't get overlooked. And it's extremely, extremely rare. I mean, just two days ago, we had a customer with a vehicle that we were working on. It came in with a severe runnability, drivability issue. It's a high mileage vehicle. We, you know, made some repairs to it. The technicians put 20 miles on it in between running testing and making repairs. The issue never arose again. I took it out. I didn't get out of the parking lot and the check engine light came on. Had we not done that, the customer would have come to pick it up and had a terrible experience after spending $2,000 on repairs. The problem it was brought in with is still present. And, you know, long story short, we determined that it's an intermittent issue, but um, couldn't have be avoided. We didn't necessarily do anything wrong. But We avoided that uncomfortable phone call and we were on the offense rather than the defense. And that to me is invaluable, invaluable. And you can't catch everything. Sometimes you just can't help it, but it's just that one little extra step that takes five to 10 minutes out of somebody else's day to really ensure that the customer, we didn't leave a car seat in in the car. We didn't leave a dirty handprint in there. You know, the technician didn't leave a tool in the vehicle. Having a QC specialist on staff and or someone carrying that role is so critical. It came to me as you were speaking, we were talking about Keurig and everything. My listener and you, take yourself into a hotel room that you just checked in at, you're going to spend 175 bucks on. You walk in and you start asking yourself or getting that feeling, am I getting value from this day? I know I'm going to get a little breakfast in the morning, but all I'm here is to put my head on the pillow, shower and and hit the, the day the next day. But you look around and you look at the coffee pot and you see what they provide for you. 
Is there a refrigerator? Let's keep going. What's in the bathroom? How many towels are there? There are so many little things that you may never utilize. Are there plugs near, you know, near the lamps where I sleep so I can plug in my phone? These are the little things you may never use, but you expect. You know, when we took over our business five five and a half years ago, the labor rate, the door rate, I think was one, I want to say it was 115 an hour. Our door rate now for general repair is 185. Our diesel rate is 215. How do our customers that came to the previous shop owner five years ago, how do we help them understand why the price has gone up? Everybody knows inflation, but our door rate was $180 six months ago. And it really is about having a stellar warranty. It has to do with a very different customer experience. I mean, if you've been in this industry for a really long time and, you know, there's so many former technicians that are now shop owners that if you haven't been in a different industry, you may not have uh, much perspective on how the general public tends to view the industry. I mean, most of the time they think of, you know, smelly shops, dirty technicians, dirty people coming in, touching their car, and they leave kind of just with a little bit of the ick factor. You need to elevate your services. The game is changing. And we all know the technician shortage. How do you draw those good technicians in? I don't care what anybody says. Pay is first. It's pay and then it is culture. Because you can have the best culture, but if somebody can't afford to pay their bills and can't live a good life, they're not going to work for you. If you want to be on the same level as those companies, those shops that are able to charge that really high labor rate, how can you elevate your service so that you can compete with them? What do they do differently that you guys don't do? It's a challenge when you're in a small growing business. We face it every single day because we work with, you know, essentially kind of a skeleton crew. I've got one service advisor right now, three technicians, myself, you know, shop manager, but we still manage to do it every day. We fall short every once in a while, but we take responsibility when we do and we try to make it better the next time. And we work really hard to try to bring them back. And when we know they're coming back, we try to elevate the experience for them and help them understand that it was hopefully an anomaly the last time. Can I coin something you just said? Yes. The ick factor. (laughs) I'm sure that's been coined a long time ago. It's a very, you know, Gen Z, Gen Alpha thing, but it's a very real thing. And and I think, you know, what we'd kind of discussed before starting um, recording the, the whole idea of women in the industry, women in the business, I think women are a little bit more attuned to the ick factor. And I think that that's one of the reasons women tend to be so intimidated coming into a shop. I don't really want my people at the front wearing shop shirts. I don't want them wearing the same shirts the technicians do. Number one, I think it invites customers to think that the person working at the front is a technician. And I need them to understand this person at the front is here to represent you to our technicians. They're there for you. The technicians are here, obviously, for the business, but they're here for your car. And if they look like a technician, are you walking in expecting to have somebody rough and gruff and maybe not great with customer service help you? So if our service advisors don't dress like technicians, I think you're already setting it up for a slightly elevated experience. It really is. It starts with having somebody warm and kind and genuine at the front counter who understands their sole responsibility is to take care of your customer. And not to the extent of whatever it takes. I don't think that we really have the luxury in this business to do that because it's such a, you know, everything is in and out so quickly or you're trying to, but within the confines of what the the job duties are and how much work service advisors have to do, they really need to understand that that is the primary goal and how can they elevate the experience every time when a customer walks in. And can you improve this experience from the last one? If you went to Apex 2023, then you realize the incredible commitment that Apex has to the service professional shop owner, technician, and service advisor. 
Joe's Garage is your place to hang out with 10 working bays and real live working conditions. Also, the best tech companies from tools and repair to management software had their latest and greatest on display and demonstrated for you. You also attended technical and business management training with the industry's best and brightest trainers, coaches, and teachers. Work is underway to make next year's Apex 2024 have even more product demos, trending training, marketing, and social media support to help you grow your career, sales, and profits. Remember, if you earn your living in the service aftermarket, then Apex is the expo for you. Continue listening, and we'll bring you the latest from Apex 2024. Save the date, November 5th through the 7th, 2024. Hey, let's face it. Your shop management system is the single most important tool in your shop, period. Napa Tracks has made selecting the right shop management system easy by offering the industry's best, most comprehensive SMS. Now, it all starts when a local representative meets with you to learn about your business and how you need to run it. After all, it's your shop, so it's your choice. And having local representation is a huge plus. Customizing tracks to your business, whether you're a one-person shop or a large multi-bay or multi-location company, a representative consults with you to help optimize your shop's workflow, efficiency, and profitability. Tracks always has the flexibility to do business how you need to do it, which means it can also grow as your business grows. And unlike the other guys, we'll be there for you after installation with the best training and support in the business. Yes, a learning management system tailored to each role in your company. Simply put, Trax was designed and built for shop owners just like you. Visit us on the web at NapaTrax, that's N-A-P-A-T-R-A-C-S dot com. You mentioned warranty. You got a three-year 36. That's a difference maker for you? It really is. And and again, it goes back to the very first conversation you have with a customer where you're introducing your services and, and what you offer. You have to bring that up because most people don't think about it. And I have a really special experience that just happened to a good friend of mine where he had bought a pickup truck. He had taken it to a franchise store that's all across the country and said, make this perfect. I don't care what it costs. I want this truck in perfect condition. And it was, you know, a used um, uh, Dodge Ram with a Cummins engine, a 3,500. He spent about $1,800, had ball joints, upper, lower, meaning he had quite a bit of work done to it. He was getting ready to take his kids on a trip and he was towing his trailer and he wanted us to do an alignment for him. We didn't know each other at the time, brought it in. My technician put it up on the rack and the ball joints had not been changed. He called the uh, store that had performed the services and they said, it's not under warranty anymore because we only warranty for 12 months. And he was two months outside of the warranty. That to me is not acceptable. If you don't feel confident to stand behind your services and your parts, there's something wrong. And a customer won't know that that's a problem until it becomes a problem. And that's a, that's a conversation I don't want to hear. And at the end of the day, I think, you know, if you're in this for the long haul and you really are here to take care of the customer, you do what's right, whether it's inside or outside of the warranty period. I was at a conference, um, again, with uh, Elite, with their pro service that's run by Jim Murphy. And we went to this fantastic shop in the Washington area called Integrity Automotive, and Nate Bean runs it. And they have a lifetime warranty. And there are some caveats to that that the customer has to sign off on and be aware. They have to maintain, you know, if they do a transmission, it's a lifetime warranty, but they have to do their, their transmission services on time with him. He said, honestly, even if they didn't, if they missed a couple for whatever reason, they went someplace else. 
that's not the right thing to do for me to deny them coverage on that. We will take care of it for the customer. And there's a reason he is such a successful shop and has such an incredible business. It's because everything is customer focused. Everything. I grew up with knowing the do right rule. Yeah. To the rest of the industry, please bring that into your people. And when someone says, well, what's that mean, boss? How do you want to be treated? I mean, it goes back to the golden rule and, and all that stuff. But there is a do right rule that if you're going to maintain your your integrity, the trust, your brand, you can't shortcut. No. And especially if you have a new a new employee and maybe somebody that's you know younger, I think if you pose the question to them, what does that mean to you? You're going to learn a lot about that person. I think they learn a lot about you as well. If your values are aligned, then they likely found a home with you. So any ladies that work for you in the business right now? Not at the moment. We are in the process of um, filling our assistant position. We call her, we always called her our previous girl, Lena, that worked for us in that position, our girl Friday, because she would do everything. Answer phones, schedule appointments, QC cars, pick up parts, um, take customers back and forth if we needed that. And what I realized was she was the sweetest human being you would ever meet. When somebody called and she picked up the phone, they were instantly disarmed because she was so incredibly lovely to talk to on the phone. And I get it a lot when I'm answering the phone. People don't expect a woman to answer. And, you know, if I mention to them that I'm an owner, they are very surprised by that. But, and I, you know, like you said in the beginning, I know I'm really good with people. Lena took it to a different level. She knew instantly how to connect with someone. She knew how to find that common thread and common factor to disarm them and kind of help bring their anxiety down. And then she could, you know, slowly ease into the conversation of let me explain to you what the service is and how, what to expect. Um, you know, we, we don't have a waiting room. You're bringing your car in for an oil change. You have to drop it off with us for the entire day. And people didn't have a problem with it because she helped them understand why that was so important and why it was the right way to help them. I find it fascinating what you said. And all I could think about is if someone was coming in and sat across from you for an interview, all of a sudden it clicks. It doesn't matter what their experience is. If you could see that they will fit into your culture and they have the personality that will draw, draw people to them, she has this inward and outward love thing going on. Man, you just got to give them a chance. You do. And, you know, we tend to hire for attitude first and then aptitude next. I mean, everybody knows when there's a bad apple in the shop that it is absolutely toxic. And it's the same in the front. If you've got somebody who either isn't subscribed to your values or doesn't have that right kind of energy, it brings everybody down. And I think that's even a little bit worse because it affects the front, which then has the domino effect of affecting the back. It's vital to have people who are excited about what they do, who understand how challenging the job is, but accept that challenge and know that there's good days and bad days and good moments and bad moments. But what can I do to make that better? And for me, with our you know front counter, front desk, it's really about how can I help you? How can I support you to make this a little bit easier for you? And when they're having a bad day and they want to come and talk about this experience with a customer, it's, tell me all about it. How are you finding new clients? So for us, it's really interesting. I got my butt handed to me this year um, in the business because I never really did any CRM marketing. And I'm sure everybody out there is rolling their eyes like, what a bonehead. But even as a hairdresser, I always looked at it as my clients will come to me and if they need to get into me today or tomorrow and I'm booked out for a month, well, they'll pre-book their appointment next time. Um, we never did that. We never did any sort of CRM marketing. And 
Las Vegas was hit with this very weird summer. Normally we're all buried weeks out. And it was, I had one really good month and then a really bad month and a really good month. And it was literally up and down month by month. After going to the pro service meeting, um, I brought that up to the fellow shop owners that were there and they all were so kind and so supportive and said, this is what you've got to do. And again, going back to integrity um, and Nate Bean, he did this um, really unique thing that I'd never heard of called car care certificates. At the end of the close of every month, he has one of his um, people that work at the front. He actually has a full-time shop assistant. She goes through and she prints out certificates that literally look like it's a hand, it's a, not a handwritten, but it's a a printed letter with the bottom looks like a, a gift certificate. And they get a certain percentage back for every single visit that they have. So if they came in last month and spent $2,000, whatever the percentage is, they would get back and they could use it. It's direct cash. They can use it in conjunction with any other discount. They can gift it to a friend. It doesn't matter. It's just a sign of appreciation and a thank you. And you're not discounting full services. You're not creating coupons. It's a thank you for coming in. We can't wait to see you back again. And please remember to bring this because we want to make sure we apply your your, uh, coupon, your certificate. We started doing that and the response was absolutely incredible. We started building out our CRM platform. And again, we have customers coming into us for maintenance and we've really found is Las Vegas is challenging because it's such a transient market. So we really have to focus on both the CRM and bringing people back in, but also making sure that we have lots of new customers. So we usually don't have a problem with that. It is truly all web-based for us. We have um, a great marketing company with somebody who is actually in our pro service um, group and he built out a new website for us and they do all of our SEM through you know the um, search engine marketing. And it's amazing. I mean, we've seen such such a huge impact with our business and our call volume. Um, And again, that's about finding the right customers. And we just have had such a great experience with it. So we're really, we're really excited. The new year is going to be a great year. We're doing a lot of stuff on CRM. We've just done an episode and we're going to have to do a follow-up part two on best practices. Here it is. You've got the great ideas on how to market, but the tool, the engine behind all of that is the, is the CRM engine. Yes. We've always tried to help customers understand the value of maintenance. And, you know, it's easier to schedule maintenance than it is to schedule a breakdown. But if you're not helping the customer and reminding them of that, you're not doing your job properly. A fellow shop owner, um, Carrie and Steve, up in Puyallup, Washington at 15th Street Automotive, she used to work for a doctor's office and dentist office, and she has um, toothbrushes with their information printed on it, just like you'd get at the dentist, sitting up in a cup holder at the front to remind customers, just like you maintain your teeth, you need to maintain your car. People get a you know good laugh out of it. And it's such a funny thing to find a toothbrush at your you know auto repair shop. I love this idea. Oh, stop. Stop me right now because we talk <laughs> about this all the time. I can't get out of the dentist for cleaning unless I schedule. In fact, this, the technology today is that the scheduling is right there for the hygienist, right there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I get all that. To your point, why can't we figure out how to bring that whole maintenance, responsibility, critical stuff? I think you just knocked it out of the park. I think this is the one of the greatest ideas. Does the individual walk away with a brand new toothbrush or is it, is it just there to explain? Is it's, it's a metaphor, if you will. It's more of a metaphor than anything. And, you know, they're happy to give them to customers. She has a big box of them. It's to help kind of tie these two things together. Nobody likes going to the dentist. It's not an enjoyable experience. It's the same at the shop. People walk in stressed out and anxious. 
if you get your teeth cleaned and you flush your teeth, you are probably not going to need a root canal. If you get your transmission serviced, if you, you know, do your brake fluid flush, all of these maintenance services, the likelihood that you are going to have catastrophic failure is dramatically minimized. It just, it was the light bulb moment. I'm sorry. I, we've all been on this earth a long time. And then when we hear the fact that when you're, when you're finishing up with the client and you reach under and you put a toothbrush down in front of them, to me, it would be the funniest thing is not to say anything. <laughs> see what I, I agree. Just see what their reaction is. So what's, <laughs> what's this all about? Ah, <laughs> I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I know. I know. It's, it is the most brilliant thing. And I think, again, it speaks to Carrie has such a unique understanding of, you know, customers' inability to do what they're supposed to do. I mean, everybody knows a lot of people don't save. It's a hard thing to do in that kind of mindfulness about it. And most people, you know, it's like if you don't put up an oil change reminder sticker, they're waiting for their car to tell them. But if a manufacturer's interval is 10,000 miles for an oil change, we would never recommend that. I wouldn't do that in my car. We want to help customers be proactive, not the minimum requirements. Let's be a little bit proactive about it. And how do I make them understand why that's so vital and important? And the dentist is a prime, prime example. Uh, what's going on in 2024? Any any big plans? What are you going to do? In the middle of working on our marketing calendar for the year, again, going back to just being in touch with really amazing shop owners who've inspired me. We're working on a few different programs that we want to build into our services here that are collecting donations for the local women's shelter for, um, you know, obviously we always do toys for tots. We want to do food drives. There's an incredible shop and I'm totally blanking on their name. They're up in Oregon and they do basically a uh, food drive where they collect peanut butter and jelly. They contacted the local food pantry and said, what do you need? And they said, you know, obviously shelf stable, but peanut butter and jelly, it's an easy thing to give to people. And they collected an entire wall filled with peanut butter and jelly. They posted letters and um, notices all around the um, grocery stores that surrounded their shop. And you got a free set of wiper blades as long as you brought in a jar of peanut butter and jelly. And it's such a small thing. It's not a huge expense for people, but everybody feels good about it. You know, we're helping those in need. We really want to get involved in those, you know, they're small things, but they really do have an impact um, on people that don't necessarily come into our shop. So we're looking for that working on implementing education programs here in the shop. We're still young and we're, I feel like we're just starting to get our feet underneath us. So I'm just working on improving what we've got here and making sure our people are happy. Okay. I got the, uh, I got the marketing campaign for you. Are you ready for this? The community's PBJ HQ. <gasps> the community's PBJ headquarters. I love it. And, you know, when Carrie, um, they did a food drive for, you know, leading up to Christmas. And she said every time their service advisors were, were getting off the phone, don't forget, bring in, you know, a can of food for our food drive and we'll give you, you know, whatever, $5 off your service, whatever it was. And they had so much food and they had such an enormous donation for their local food pantry. And people want to help. I, I think people a lot of times just don't know, first of all, that, you know, every little bit helps, but they also don't know how to get involved. And maybe people don't have time to go and volunteer at the shelter, but to bring in, you know, a, a food item when they get their car fixed. Doesn't matter what the car count is a day. Just to pick a number. Say there's 10, 12, 15, 20. You ask yourself, wow, with that number of exposure of people coming in, how can I reach out to the community that we can, say we get 50% players. And so say, say we can get 10 of something, 10 PBJs, 10 cans, 10 toys, whatever they are. And you go out and you realize that 
you may not be the magnet where all these new people are going to come in, but you never know. Somebody's looking at your Facebook post and say, you know what? I go by there every day. I've never stopped in. And it's a reason to come by because they want to help the community, help the fundraising issue. Thank you for bringing that up because it's at it's this time of the year. Listen, we're recording this just before the holidays and, and everybody gets a little, you know, emotional, open and caring, but it should continue for the rest of the year. It should. And when I reached out to our local food bank to kind of get a gauge of when would be beneficial to them, they said the holiday season is the time that they don't struggle as much to bring in food. But for us here, you know, we have a normal nine month school um, calendar. So summertime kids are typically home. And they said it's when the kids are home during the summertime and, you know, if they're low income, their families don't necessarily have food. So they may not have lunch that day. So for us, we're going to do this more in the spring where, you know, we're collecting the donations because that's when they need it the most. Their shelves are most empty during the spring and summer months because people are mindful of, you know, during the holidays that other people are, lots of people are going without. It's during the summer, people don't typically really think about it. So, you know, there's so many opportunities to do something for your community. And it oftentimes doesn't cost you anything for the shop, but, you know, it feels a little vapid to say, you know, it's good PR, but it is good PR. And if your customers or new customers are seeing your involvement within the community, they instantly have a little bit more trust in you because you care. You care about the community at large. So you're going to care about them. So if you had a choice right now, would you leave your little uh, automotive group, uh, your, your commercial area that you're in with four or five other people and go solo? If we could, we would. But the area that we're in, um, the master plan community, our little parking lot is the only part of it that is zoned for automotive repair. If we could go somewhere else and stay within this community and you know, within a mile or two of it, we would in a heartbeat. It would be worth every penny. But we can't. And so if we leave, we're going to have a different demographic that likely would need, you know, different marketing, for instance. Darren, that was the very first conversation because our rent is exorbitant here. And Darren Barney, the first thing was, we've got to figure this out. We got to get you out of there. And, and, you know, when he came down and visited us the first time when he was here for SEMA, when he started coaching us, he was very surprised by it. It's a challenging parking lot, but our customers, the convenience, they, they really love the convenience. So I don't know that we would, we might end up having a second location. That's kind of a sort of far off goal, but right now I'm not ready. It's a lovely place. I so enjoy this. I mean, I could sit back and just listen to you talk all the time. <laughs> I feel the same way about you, Carm. <laughs> oh, well, I don't say a whole hell of a lot here, but uh, <laughs> thank you for carrying my conversation here. <laughs> oh, my. I'm just so, so lucky to have met you 18 months ago in, in San Diego. And, and then, you know, having you back on, I mean, I think we covered some great topics, great takeaways here. Thank you for so much for being here. Red Rock Repair, Las Vegas, Nevada. Thanks. Thanks, Carm. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.